Hi everyone, Robbie here from Plant Based News. Today on the podcast, we're really excited to introduce you to Mr. Gaz Oakley. He's a vegan chef, a YouTuber, and now an author. Gaz comes from Cardiff in Wales and recently published his first book, Vegan 100. Welcome, Gaz. Thank you so much for having me. So great to talk to you. It's a pleasure to have you. So you, your whole journey really kind of started with social media back in February 2016 when you opened your your pages on social media. Um, obviously, it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster. Do you want to talk us through this whole journey and how it all kind of came about? Yeah, I guess um, it didn't actually start then. I, I, um, I learned what I know now when I was pretty young I started cooking at such a young age probably around seven or eight with my dad at home because he used to cook family meals every night obviously not vegan at the time um, and I just took a good interest in, in cooking I watched cooking programs all the time at home um, it was either cooking programs or sport that's all I seem to be watching uh, which I guess isn't isn't too bad um, so then I had the opportunity to take um, GCSE catering in school and my friends couldn't believe it that I was uh, I was cooking they they thought I was pretty weird but <laughs> it was just what I was it's just what I wa- wanted to do so I was um, I was very into sports so it's sport and cooking all the way through really um, but I got really good at cooking um, the teachers sort of loved what I was doing and uh, I had the opportunity to go to a week's work experience um, at the age of 15 at a a local hotel which had an amazing restaurant inside it so I did and I literally just fell in love then I, I just loved the um, the kitchen environment what I learned in that one week of work experience was the same amount that I learned in a year and a half in GCSE in school so I realized then that um, that was what I needed to be doing to to become the best chef possible and that's all I wanted to do I was inspired by people like Michael Pierre White Gordon Ramsay and the other top chefs and I wanted to become you know the youngest chef um, ever with a with a Michelin star so all I wanted to do was leave school and um, become a full-time chef because I knew that's where I could learn the most rather than staying in sixth form and then going to university Um, so as soon as I well actually as soon as I left the work experience um, week they actually took me on part-time so after school I'd I'd be going into the kitchens I think I was earning something like £2.50 an hour or something weird (laughs) tiny like that but um it was all worth it because I was learning so much. And then when I could turn, when I turned 16 and could actually physically leave school, I, I decided to do it. My parents were so disappointed at the time because they wanted me to go to university and stuff and mm-hmm. carry on with sixth form. But as I said, I was um, I was so determined, and I thought that if I um, if I um, spent a couple more years in 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 school doing sixth form I would miss out on so much knowledge that I I would have got and I, I thought that if I um if I did stay in school I wouldn't get that Michelin star as soon as I as soon as I wanted um so I had big dreams um Amazing. and f- yeah so I, I I went full-time back at that hotel restaurant and I, I was learning so much um the, like the fundamentals of cooking learning how um you know the restaurant system works um i sort of i sort of um picked everything up so fast and that the chefs around me were were quite uh, impressed i think Amazing. i actually stayed at the um the hotel restaurant for for a year and realized that i wanted more so there was one renowned restaurant in cardiff called legalwa and it it'd been um 
it'd been sort of knocking on the door of getting three rosettes then um, and potentially a Michelin star for a while. So I, I turned up one day at um, this Lagawa restaurant. I think I was must have been 17 at the time. I had um, my CV printed off. I had a, a page full of... Um, pictures of my dishes that I'd taken I can't I can't imagine what they look like but I, I took pictures and, and printed them off and I I just knocked the door just after lunchtime service one day and, and asked for the head chef and luckily he came out and said and spoke to me and I told him all my dreams I told him I want to go to Paris and learn the proper way and um and and he he looked at the pitch and he must have been slightly impressed because um a week later he, he told me to come in for a, a trial shift i told him i'd work free for you know for a bit just just to get my foot in the door and show him what i could do and they, they invited me back i did the trial shift and then they employed me so um i worked at this uh restaurant the galwa for for just over a year and um we got three Michelin, uh, three Michelin stars. I wish, I mean, three rosettes, and um, it was the most incredible experience I learned. The, the food we were putting out was just incredible. I, I really, really think we would have got a Michelin star eventually. Unfortunately, um, at such a young age, the toll that that had on me, um, eighty-hour weeks, wow. um, no money whatsoever. I wasn't doing it for the money, but um, you know, obviously you, you, you need to earn a living. So I was um I was doing these eight hour weeks on zero like pennies almost. Um I had the odd break in, in between a day at where I would if I get it, I, I would, would go and sleep in the car in between. Um I would wouldn't eat. It was just it being so busy in the kitchens, mm-hmm. you'd constantly around food. You never really feel like it, so you're just grazing, and and it, it took a toll on me. My my parents were really worried, but I was so determined. As I said, I just wanted to keep going. I knew <clears throat> I knew that was the um, the chef in industry. I knew that's what I I got myself into. Um, but it got to a point where I had to leave that restaurant, so I left. Um, I think I had a week off, and I thought I was I was recovering. I got I I I, um, I got sort of scouted by another restaurant, actually not too far from La Galwa. And um, it, it was then sort of like a couple of years where I worked um, at a few different restaurants, um, but my, I think. I think what it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that my heart wasn't in it. It was just my sort of, um, my understanding that, you know, this isn't a sort of, um, a career where you're going to be able to get social life, where all my friends are going off to university and having fun. And, you know, I was stuck in the kitchen. I was rarely seeing family or anything like that. So I, I sort of had an understanding that, um, you know, it may not be right for me at the time. So, but I was I was willing to just keep going. I still had the dreams of of getting a Michelin star. That's what I really just wanted. For the listeners, what is a for the listeners listening? Uh, what defines a Michelin star? So how do you how do you get one? Yeah, so a Michelin star. Um, to get a Michelin star, you'd have a Michelin reviewer come round and uh, that you wouldn't know they were there. They would try the try the food and. Um, I, get, I assume you get a letter in the parts. I don't know because I didn't get one. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, it's like it's one of the. So it's an accreditation. The acc- it's, yeah, it's the best, one of the best accolades in in the cooking industry. You can get three in total. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Marco Pierre White was the youngest chef with 
or three. I think he was like 28. Um, and to get that, you need to have, you know, the food has to be unbelievable. Your service has to be incredible. The waiters, the ambience, everything needs to be perfect. So, you know, I wanted to get my own restaurant as soon as I could and get all those things in place um, to get it. But um yeah, it wasn't to be, but maybe one day. I actually got a, a job offer from my dad, and he was in a, uh, a sales role in a in a building company. I actually left the chef industry, yeah, which yeah. was really disappointing. But you know, the forty-hour weeks and almost treble the money appealed to me uh, at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So I was loading lorries for a while, and I worked my way up in that country uh, com- company. Um, I got to quite a decent position three, three or four years later, and. My sort of my heart wasn't in it though because I, I you know I still wanted to be a chef I had the passion for food um, and I missed having the sort of the creativity that mm-hmm. I once had when I was in in, in the cooking industry mm-hmm. so I um, I went vegan overnight and I, I'm sure we'll talk about why I went vegan further down the line but I went mm-hmm. vegan overnight and I started experimenting in my parents kitchen mm-hmm. uh, the, the, my friends couldn't believe what I was eating I was really keen to show them how good the food was looking to try and encourage them and explain why I was going vegan and uh, sort of why I went vegan and uh, so I started taking pictures of the food on my uh, on my phone and uploading to, the, to Instagram and that's how Avant Garde Vegan started on Instagram in December December 2015 I believe mm-hmm. um, and it all went from there so it's <laughs> been it's been quite a ride I mean with with yeah. the whole kind of advent of social media in your life obviously with it comes an audience uh, you know with instant feedback I mean how how does it feel having so many people kind of feeding back or because i imagine you get a variety of stuff you get you know you get all the vegans that support you you'll get the meat cure you know the meat reducers who are kind of amazed that vegans don't just eat grass you know (laughs) i mean how does it feel to have that almost like a sense of responsibility perhaps to kind of you know provide this content and provide this this material yeah it's definitely i definitely have a responsibility to do it now that i've got the sort of audience that are following me um but obviously i'm so pleased to have that um but the reason why a lot of chefs get into cooking, um, some fall into the industry, but a lot of chefs get into the industry because when we cook food um, and serve it up to people, we want to know their reaction. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to see them enjoying the food. So the unfortunate thing about cooking in, in kitchens, unless it's an open kitchen and you can see the, the guests in the restaurant enjoying the food, you're sort of closed off to that. So when I was a, a, a chef in the kitchen, the, the waiter would come back after um, collecting the, the empty plates from from the guests. I would always be bugging them. I'd say, "What did they say about the food?" And they would the waiter reply would, would reply something like, "Yeah, they said it was great." I said, "Well, tell me what. Tell me more. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what they thought of the details, the man. Or, details. Yeah, I, that 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 is why I I got into um into cooking, and obviously serving up food for friends and family." just seeing their reactions great but the good thing about what i do now i just i make my food on social media whether it's instagram or youtube and i'm seeing people's reactions to it so i'm always get i'm almost getting the same feeling 
that I wanted when I was a chef. So, um, yeah, it's really, really great. Now, your cooking, obviously, you you know, you're not a tra- traditional kind of when people think vegan food, they think a lot of plants and they think a lot of salads. But you've really kind of turned all of that on its head. You know, some of your dishes are like you, you've done your 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 infamous vegan steak. And there's so many things in your in your vegan 100 cookbook, which you look at it and you just wouldn't think that it was vegan. Um, have you purposefully kind of gone uh, in at that angle to kind of make it more appealing to a wider audience? Um, not purposefully, I, I guess in in a, in a way I actually have. But um, you know, I, I love cooking with just the raw materials, so just vegetables and, and fruits. So you and that is probably a large, that is definitely a large um, amount of my diet at home. But for the book, I've realised that. Um, and for my recipes in general, I've realized that um, vegans like myself are going to be really excited about these sort of recreations or, or veganized classics, I sort of call them. But it's the non-vegans that I'm wanting to target who have the potential of not eating meat um, are going to get excited by something like this because then they'll hopefully think to themselves, you know, I'm not going to miss out on that steak, for example. You know, there is a there is a vegan option that doesn't involve so much animal cruelty and, and things like that. So um, that is the, the, the sort of purpose behind it. I get so excited when I've veganized a recipe, whether it be the steak or the, the, the vegan KFC or whatever. I get so excited. And I, I enjoy the flavor. Don't we, You know, I've been a meat eater for 20 odd years prior to going vegan. So I, I am accustomed to those flavors and I enjoy recreating them. So I'm sure there's, you know, millions of other people like myself who would, would feel the same. And, and when people think you go ve- when when, um, you originally go vegan you think you're never going to get that but i'm trying to prove that you still can get those same flavors yeah absolutely i think a lot of people have this preconceived notion that going vegan is about sacrificing taste and Mm. flavor um Mm. you know and people such as yourself you know have really proven that that's not the case at all and i think it all comes down to you you know that passion for food that creativity if we go back you know 20 30 40 years in the vegan movement you know, the food was really dull and boring. Like, uh, you know, I've got friends who've been vegan for 25 years and, you know, there wasn't a lot of creativity involved. There wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, there weren't any vegan cookbooks. Um, and I think, you know, it's been a real blessing to have, you know, young guys like you kind of come on the scene and inject that creativity because that's all it is. It, all it needed was some people to come along with some bold ideas and say, let's not just sit around eating mung beans all day. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, I agree. let's like be clever with ingredients let's be artistic let's focus on flavor because ultimately that's what food really for a lot of people is about it's about flavor you know if you if you gave people the you know a choice between you know food one where it was animal products and it was badly prepared and another which was a vegan dish which was colorful and bright and full of herbs and spices you know people would probably choose the vegan dish wouldn't they because it looks better it smells better so I think it's an essential part of advocating for this way of eating is reminding people of the, you know, the variety that's out there, you know, 22,000 fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes. I mean, there really is so much choice, which, you know, I'm just writing that fact down now so I can quote that. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's just, it's just great, you know, because obviously we're, we're often criticized for, for being a restrictive type of diet when in fact mm. it's actually the opposite. When a lot of people exactly. go to a plant-based diet, their whole world around fruits and 
and vegetables, nuts and seeds, legumes and plants and roots, etc., expands completely. Mm. So um, exactly, it's a whole new world. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. So, so with the book, um, obviously it's out now. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it all good bookstores around the UK. And obviously, if you're around the world listening, you can order it. Um, you can order it online, Amazon.com. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, what's some of the feedback from the book? I mean, obviously, you've had. Um, some time now to kind of digest the feedback if you had i assume you've had people from all over the world sending in pictures of their recipes and yeah it's such an amazing um feeling seeing that um the feedback has been uh all all but all all but good i was gonna say no it's been absolutely amazing um (laughs) i i yes like the the amazon reviews are all all really great um seeing people's recreations and them looking so similar to the pictures is such a nice feeling because um, you know some some of the recipes look kind of daunting but I've, I've made them sim- simple so everyone can do it as long as you have the right equipment mm-hmm. and you know the right ingredients you're going to create something exactly the same mm-hmm. so it's nice to see um, the book's been I think translated into seven different languages mm-hmm. wow. um, I think that's a plant-based news exclusive here for you um, yeah, so I think they're due out um, in those particular parts of the world very soon. So they're not yet published, but um, it's it's um, it's all being confirmed. So it's just, and honestly, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I I, I never expected it. Um, as well as having having the mission style when I was young, having a book was another big dream because, like I said, I was inspired by lots of the TV chefs and seeing their books was and was so cool. So um, having my own, it's just. Um, it's hard to believe and I'm, I'm so proud of it and yeah so it's beautiful I've got it here right in front of me it's uh, if, if you're all listening you have to get it it's a hundred wonderful oh, recipes um, so let's talk about the kitchen um, a lot of lot of kind of people who, who kind of take the first steps into the plant-based way of eating can feel a bit overwhelmed by uh, the idea of preparing food that's different when people eat animal mm. products in in many ways it's a lot simpler you throw a piece of meat on a pan and maybe you might boil some vegetables you know and that's it um, yeah. when it comes to plant-based food you do need to think about herbs and spices and and adding more flavor and also being more considerate of the flavors what's your advice for people who are just getting started on this journey and and what kind of equipment should they kind of you know what kind of what are the basics in the kitchen someone should should have equipment wise um definitely a blender a powerful blender that's so important um a good set of pans some sharp knives and a nice chopping board generally is will get you uh, get you pretty far um the blend is probably one of the most important things for me um so yes in terms of ingredients um stock cupboard make sure you have a good array of um dried herbs and spices i like to keep lots of um sort of cartons or tit canned beans and pulses chickpeas and, and things like that lentils um you know, if you are in a in a rush and you don't have much time to, to make things, things like dried pasta is all vegan. Well, the, just check the the packaging first, but generally it is. So, dried pasta, rice, and things like that is is all all the um sort of um the main parts of a, a vegan diet, I guess. Um, I'm I'm really big believer of eating uh huge huge amounts of leafy greens mm-hmm. and green vegetables. So um please make sure you you have a lot of spinach kale mm-hmm. broccoli 
um, asparagus at this time of year. Um, I eat tons of it and it's great for the iron levels. So make sure you have um, lots of that in your diet. Um, and I think um, I think tofu has, has got a bit of a bad rep, actually, especially when you get a good quality firm tofu. You can actually treat it like you would maybe like you said, a piece of meat where you just throw it onto a grill or into a pan. Just adding some sort of piri piri sauce or something like that, or, you know, makes it taste so good. Mm. And you can just have your sort of traditional um meat and two veg type type of meal Mm -hmm. using the tofu Mm -hmm. so and the other great thing as well for anyone starting out like the amount of um sort of meat replacement products that are in the supermarkets now are incredible but if you want to do it yourself you can have to check out my youtube channel because there's plenty on there also (laughs) guys has some great meat replacers on there so you guys definitely need to go and have a look it's uh it's youtube.com forward slash avant-garde vegan it's all right that's right yeah yeah so i'm just looking on page three of your vegan cookbook you've got lots of great vegan ingredients here so we've got agar 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 agave nectar lethanin granules liquid smoke miso paste nori nutritional yeast pomegranate molasses that sounds amazing (laughs) raz el hanu what's that you have to put on a like a middle eastern accent for that raz el hanu (laughs) okay well tell us about that that sounds interesting uh that is a um i believe it's moroccan um uh so and it translates from arabic yeah to head of the shop so it's basically all the finest spices Mm -hmm. that the shop would have uh blended up um and you can actually buy it from all good supermarkets now anyway okay and that is great for um i i, I add it to things like where, where traditional you would traditionally you would add things that, uh, a lot of cumin to falafel but i love adding it to things like falafel um yeah it's great i love it uh, but yeah that sorry that page three um that those ingredients are just the sort of harder hard to sort of get maybe you hadn't heard them before uh, that's why i put that together on page three yeah i'm particularly interested in the liquid smoke because that adds yeah. um so much flavor to especially Definitely. especially your tofu and other vegetables if you're interested yeah. in having that smokiness so it really kind of levels up your your meat replaces um, Definitely. now with obviously with your book and the promotion of it you've been doing a fair bit of traveling um tell us about some of the places you've been recently and you know have you tried any interesting vegan food in your travels recently yeah so travel is um, something that i really really want to do and um, especially after leaving school at such a young age and just going straight into um, a working environment i didn't get to travel as much as i, I would have liked to so i'm going to try and make up for that now and watching um, tv chefs growing up who would travel and cook all around the world was just it's just a dream for me and that's really what i i want to do um but uh, i've been lucky enough in the last couple of months to go to um, nowhere too adventurous i guess but i've been over to the states i've been to la and new york and it's great to see sort of it seems as if they're a little bit further in advance to us guys in the uk with the amount of um vegan restaurants and uh, and uh, places they have over there so um it was nice to see that um i had some nice food there as well um and i've got a, quite a few trips coming up in in the near future as well um hopefully going over to bali and brazil hopefully as well as there's a few things in the pipeline but um Book it's really all um or or just kind of exploring well, actually, food and 
yeah, it's not all been confirmed yet, so I don't know if I should be saying it, but Bali for um, uh, Bali Vegan Festival or Veg Fest, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I went to LA and New York to do book signings, which is just honestly hard to believe. The, the thought of anyone wanting my signature just baffles me, but um, to do it in <laughs> a place so far away from home, it's just um, crazy. And, and the, the most amazing thing about it all is just the the kind words all these people have to say to me because mm. when you're looking on social media and you see the comments and the messages it's um you know it, it doesn't seem real because mm-hmm. you know it's on the screen it but does, when you yeah. meet people and you you talk to them uh, the kind words they have for me i just honestly it's um it's amazing it's there's that people are so kind so speaking on that topic of being you know raising your 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 profile as what, what is now called an influencer you know you are now a social media influencer you influence people um through the power of food through the power of your creativity mm. with food when you go out and about kind of vegan events especially here in the uk obviously you know you become quite a recognizable character how does it feel kind of being around people who recognize you and kind of come up to you and want to talk to you um well i definitely didn't get into this because i wanted people to recognize mm-hmm. me I, I never thought that was um a possibility mm-hmm. i as i said i started the instagram to show my friends what i was eating at first yeah. and then people started following me more and more from around the world and they were requesting my recipes and the following started growing and growing and growing so i just wanted to help people you know get into veganism by sharing my recipes and then i decided to go over to youtube to physically show people rather than just handing over a recipe mm-hmm. uh and i never once thought for a second that oh yeah people are going to be seeing my Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. and recognizing me so um at first when i was when the following started um to rise quite dramatically and i'd go to these events i'd be really nervous Mm -hmm. and anxious to 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 go to these events where especially when people like not everyone's confident to come over and say hello and if if someone does recognize me i'd much much prefer them to say hello rather than just like look at me it feels quite strange but um but i'm getting used to it now and um uh it's honestly it's an, it's such a nice feeling when someone come over comes over to you and and just thanks thanks me for my for for my recipes mm-hmm. and my my hard work that i put in mm-hmm. to help people so yeah um i looking back now i wish i wasn't so sort of anxious because um these people that are recognizing me are only ever going to say really nice things mm. to me because uh, they appreciate what i do it is an adjustment isn't it because i think you've described yourself as an introvert haven't you you're kind of uh, i guess so, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah i think we talked before about it and i think you know being um a personality and kind of being out there in the public it does require a certain amount of kind of confidence because as a creative yeah. you you exist in the world of food and that is you know uh, by your chopping board or by your blender and it's like you're communicating your passion through 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 the media, through YouTube and through Instagram and Facebook and all these different platforms, it does take some adjustment. It does take a kind of like an expanding of, you know, your your comfort zones, doesn't it? Especially if you mm. go into public or you have to speak in public. Um, you did a, an event at Harvey Nicks, didn't you, where you had you cooked for a whole bunch of people, including myself, which was wonderful. Mm. Um, I mean, what was what what was that experience like? Kind of, you know, doing that. Yeah. Well. Um... I think if you cast your mind back, I was tr- I was hiding in the kitchen after it because I didn't <laughs> want to come out and talk in front of all those people. And that was actually the first yeah. time I sort of did anything or almost in public. Mm-hmm. So I literally only spoke for about mm-hmm. two minutes. But um, 
so yeah being in front of public um, talking in front of public mm-hmm. is, is was a huge fear of mine mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. and it's actually only taken me about four or five months to overcome mm-hmm. so um, recently I've done um, a, a little Waterstones book signing mm-hmm. tour where I would um, I've it was a, a live Q&A mm-hmm. in front of quite a big audience. I, I can believe that mm-hmm. these events sold out. So um, I, I plucked at the courage. The first one was where I was very nervous, but I got into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm feeling more and more comfortable talking in front of people, which is a, is a dream come true Amazing. because um, for so long um, – I was actually turning down things like cooking demos at events because I just thought I couldn't handle mm. the pressure of talking in front of people. But now I'm um, I'm actually booked in to do quite a few. Um, I was at a talk yesterday with Radio One mm-hmm. and I talked in front of fifty odd people there. So um, you know I'm getting used to it and I think you know I'm talking about something that I I like to think now I'm an expert at. So it's I'm not out of my comfort zone. I just need to remember that and. Um, it's uh, yeah, I'm getting used to it, which is really good. Because public speaking, I think, is probably one is if you ask people, it's the number one fear that most people have. And yeah. you know, there's so many creatives out there, people who make and create, and they want to be able to share their ideas and their passions with the world and public speaking or going on on camera, you know, is a way to do that. So if, you know, um, props to you for you know taking oh, that on you. and really really challenging it. That's yeah. really really well, great. If you, um... If you look at my first YouTube videos, you can see how um, how sort of stiff and shy and um, and uncomfortable I am. And the reason for that is because I'm not I'm not the type of person to be in the public uh, eye. Really, I'm just sort of just sort of riding that wave at the moment, and and hopefully um, it works. But. Um, yeah, uh, I'm getting used to it. Cool, well, that's great. It's great to see. Um, Thank you. So let's talk. Let's bring it back to veganism. Kind of your journey into veganism. Now, um, veganism is obviously defined as the removal of all animal products from our diet, from our clothes, from essentially from every aspect of our lives. And and in mm. in many ways, veganism is a form of activism. It's a kind of actively removing our support yeah. for the animal agriculture industry or really any industry that uses animals. Um, what was your kind of foray into this world and how did it all begin? Yeah, so in my old nine to five job that I had in between obviously doing avant-garde vegan and the chef chef in uh, Korea I had, I um, had a lot more spare time in the evenings. And as I said before, sport was always a passion of mine. I wanted to actually get back into playing rugby. So I was going to the gym every night. I'm, I'm naturally quite lean and slim. So um, I needed to put on weight. So I was going to the gym every night uh, for about a year and a half. And I put on a lot of weight and size and I thought I looked great. But I was eating a huge typical sort of bodybuilding diet of lots of animal protein and calories i wasn't feeling good whatsoever um so i did a little bit of research and you know i've always loved animals and i I, in my head i I thought this 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 doesn't seem right every time i was eating one of these meals so i did a little bit of research and i actually watched actually the the whole story is i i'm a big fan of jme the rapper Mm -hmm. who's also vegan and he was on a radio show with Sarah Jane Crawford, who's also vegan now. It's weird how it all works. Um, they were being 
Jamie was being interviewed about veganism and he mentioned that he watched this one video that uh, on YouTube that made him go vegan overnight and he didn't name the name who it was or what he watched but he posted the link shortly after and I got home one night after um, you know still feeling every time I ate these meals that I you know it wasn't it didn't seem to seem right I watched the video and it was Gary Rofsky's best speech ever on YouTube Mm -hmm. I watched that yeah I watched that and I went vegan and haven't eaten or touched anything since Um, and of course you know I phased out any sort of leather shoes I had I never wore leather jackets or clothing Um, but phased out all my cosmetics not that I use that much (laughs) but um, you know skincare and that type of thing Mm -hmm. out and um, and I started on my avant-garde vegan journey so that's how it worked but my main motivation to do what I do now is for the animals and encouraging as many people to to, um, either eat less meat or go vegan if if I can make them go vegan that's amazing but um, I try not to pressurize anyone I I let the food do the talking Um, but I do recommend anyone everyone should watch that video in particular it certainly worked for me so I think it should work for a lot of people as well Um, but yeah my main motivation now is is animals but um, it was a combination between animals making myself feel better after sort of poisoning myself for a year and a half of eating that high protein um, diet and the effect that uh, it has on the environment yeah, so your mind it kind of expanded. Your mind was kind of heading in that direction, and all you needed was that that speech yeah. to sort of tip you over the edge. On the on the yeah, on, on the topic of kind of vegan slash plant based, there's a lot of kind of um, bat not battling, but there's a lot of like. Uh, discord that goes on between people who say they're vegan and people who say they're plant-based can you talk a bit about how and why you've chosen to kind of really be proud about being a vegan chef and putting vegan front and center about with everything you do because there's an awful lot of chefs out there who are vegan but they never say they're vegan all their materials say plant-based or their books say plant-based and they almost have been you would imagine they've been told by their agents to not say vegan on anything i mean what do you think about that there was no, I, I I would sort of define plant-based, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I would define plant-based as someone who only eats vegan but doesn't live a vegan lifestyle when it comes to maybe something like cosmetics or clothing. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a, um, certain sort of lifestyle choices that I guess things like um, um, like horse racing and events like that you wouldn't go to if you're vegan like myself. So or you wouldn't buy into. Um, I think that if you're a passionate vegan, you're going to be proud to say you're vegan and you want to um, give up, give every opportunity, especially if in the, the public eye, to explain why you're vegan and, and, and mention sort of the cruelty behind leather for example and, and not met, people just think that it's just an everyday sort of material mm-hmm. that we can use but that's that's the skin of an animal and it's not a waste product of the meat industry either it's a whole separate industry mm-hmm. so until people know that and if it takes me to say that i'm vegan and not plant-based i'm going to say that i'm vegan mm-hmm. and i think everyone should do as well if if they are if they are on a vegan lifestyle and fair play to you. I think that's the kind of boldness that we need in the movement. Our, our, you know, men and women, whatever they do, to stand up and be unapologetic about it. We don't need to be aggressive. Mm. We don't need to be, um, 
you know critical you know we don't want to shame people but at the same time we want to lead by example look how vibrant and you know alive you can be on a plant-based diet Mm. and and be a passionate vegan as well it's just so many options and choices and i think yeah i think a lot of people perhaps in the media or you know creators or you know influencers perhaps are afraid of using vegan because they're worried that it will limit the reach of their content because they're worried that vegan is associated with that kind of because there's that there's that archetypal angry vegan isn't there the one that's shouting at people on the street you know you need to stop eating meat you know meat is murder um which you know it's part of the conversation but ultimately it doesn't necessarily bring people over and i think that's the fears people have really yeah and also i always think this um the fact that vegan has always had um you know not the best sort of stereotype especially the food as well so if i call myself plant-based i'm not going to show how cool and normal veganism can be so if i call myself vegan i'm trying to make veganism normal so whether that's whether that's um you know on my personal page me you know showing some nice clothes that just happen to be vegan or um you know i I just want to i just want to show people that us vegans are normal people and we do normal things i want to make it and and all the opportunities that i'm having to work with big brands that you know um aren't necessarily um aren't vegan brands that's my opportunity of getting veganism in the mainstream um, so yeah, yeah getting people talking about it um because you know ultimately if we want people to join our gang we want it to appear and sort of come across as something fun and interesting and tasty and convenient and cool and hip heather mills was you know we've, we interviewed her recently and she said you know if you want people to join the vegan crew it needs to be fun hip sexy cool trendy you know why not yeah. like you know if you want people to to be drawn towards your your ideas and your ideology then you need to to make it appealing if you Definitely. if you come across as angry and misanthropic and hateful and judgmental and full of kind of you know uh, vitriol people are not going to want to join your crew so mm. we have to be very careful with the message and i always say to kind of people who first go vegan you know please please don't obviously bottle up your emotions you know you're going to be angry and you're going to be frustrated but you have to realize that not everyone sees the world through your lens yet um and that you have to be patient and you have to be understanding and yes of course you want the world to go vegan tomorrow but we have to be patient and we have to you know we have to work with what we've got and we have to work with you know the world in the way it currently is and of course there, there are there's the other side of the conversation which says you know 72 billion animals are being slaughtered every year by humans we don't have time to be nice but um mm, it's true. but yeah. you know human beings need to be encouraged if you try and force anyone into something they're not going to do it <laughs> yeah i also sometimes think to myself what i would what my form of activism would be if i if I didn't have the skill of cooking. So I do understand that, um, you know, some people are naturally amazing at um, using their voice in an articulate way to um, encourage people to go vegan. So, yeah, it's, there's, there's plenty of ways we can, we can, yeah. we can activate, act, uh, use our activism and um, in a, in a way that is, isn't going to shun 
non-vegans. It's all about the delivery. You can be, you can stand out up in public and talk about animal rights. Um, you know, Earthling Ed does the, does a really good job of this. You know, Ed has a really great way with words, and he's able to communicate ideas and thoughts in a way that helps people understand and come to their own conclusions. Because ultimately, all we can do is present the information. This is what we try and do at Plant Based News. We present the information, and if people want to take it on board they do if they want mm. to make some changes they do and you know 69% of people in the UK now having one meat free meal a week that's mm. huge and that mm. you know that's just a sign that more and more people are are listening they are understanding and it maybe it's for health reasons maybe it's for the environment but ultimately when people start doing this and changing the behavior less animals are killed you know and it's and it's all about supply and demand isn't it what gives you hope for the future what kind of things make you because of the world when we look at the world today there's a lot of things that are wrong with it you know there's a lot of damage to the environment there's there's a lot of negativity around us um and a lot of suffering like on a daily basis kind of what keeps you hopeful yeah i definitely think there is some um some some hope for the future i think um with all the influence influences out there that are uh, encouraging people and showing people um, what's going on in the world and how we can change it, I think is uh, is only positive. And, and seeing the people that at the the events that have been coming over to me and, and the comments that I get, and um, just seeing the effect that just my recipes are having on people, making people go vegan or encouraging them to eat less meat, it's uh, it's very it's really positive. So I'm going to keep going and going until. Um, I yeah until I I get um, a big enough audience so I can keep keep trying to encourage people to eat less meat or go vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a momentum that has been reached over the last mm. few years. If you just look at social media and you look at you know Western retail models and you hear the you hear it on the radio vegan is being mentioned left right and center everywhere you go in all major cities there's restaurants popping up all over the place i was recently back in my hometown in cape town five years ago there was no vegan restaurants now there's like five um and you know in places like africa where you know you wouldn't think veganism had kind of reached yet the vegan society of south africa is expanding exponentially and it's just so positive to see and you know the google searches have increased by 400 percent um for the word vegan you know we're getting our traffic on plant-based news is just going up and up and up every single day you know we we are we actually can't keep up with all the news all the products and the stories and the um all the change and then there's obviously the advocacy as well there's so many advocates out there on the street every day doing you know Mm. one-to-one connections with people on the street there's people advocating on social media there's you know people working in the media like sarah jane um who you mentioned earlier she's you know she's a passionate vegan and she's been on the news and on the morning tv and you know people like her kind of going on mainstream television and bringing these topics to to the foreground is is yeah it's definitely gonna it's definitely bringing that event horizon even closer um well i mean within that in mind with all this stuff in mind do you see humanity ever being completely vegan do you think we'll have a vegan world ever yeah definitely i think we have to as well to save the save the planet so um yeah it'll definitely happen uh hopefully sooner rather sooner rather than later so we can um uh sort of reverse the fact that the animal agriculture is having on our planet 
what does it mean to you to be human? I always ask everyone this. What does it mean to be human to you? What does it mean to be human? Um, I guess to be passionate, kind, caring, um, look after yourself. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. Um, really, r- really just, um, I think, I, I'm not very good with my words, as you can probably tell. Um, you can totally leave this in as well. But I, I think um, what I've realised recently, um, we were talking about uh, being anxious and things like that, like the anxiety that I had prior. Um, I think, you know, people really have to take care of themselves. And um, we, we live in a society that, um, you know, on, on TV, it's going out, drinking, partying and all this stuff. And I did my fair share of that when I was uh, when I was a few years ago. But um, you know, it's you know, there's only we only have one body, and we need to take care of it. So you know, I try and live as healthy as I can now, eating vegan. I work out and exercise every day. I just think um, taking care of yourself is not only good for yourself, but you also um, I don't. It must be energy that you create, and you 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 give off good sort of vibes to uh, everyone you meet. Then, so uh, yeah, self self care, I guess. Yeah, self worth, and and I think yeah. that you know that ties into the whole reason many of us go vegan is because we want to see a better world. We want to see an end to suffering. You know, within our without within our power you know when you remove animal products from your diet you are consciously making an effort to remove the direct cause of suffering obviously you know we all know that when you buy fruits and vegetables there's going to be some fatalities of some animals small animals birds and insects because of that the growth of those fruits and vegetables but that's not a direct choice because when we actively choose to buy animal products we we are actively in essentially paying someone else to kill and um, brutally you know torture animals yeah. so that we can consume them and i think like being human to me is like it's it's about it's a compassion thing you know we yeah. are so Gary Oski, I think, uses the example of like a baby in a cot. You give it a bunny on one side and an apple on the other. You know, 99.9% of human beings will probably unless you're a psychopath or Damien, the demon child, you know, you, you, um, you know, you would play with the bunny and cuddle exactly. the bunny and, and then eat the apple, you know, no human being is going to rip the head or not, not that I've ever seen, no human being is going to rip the head off the bunny and play with the apple. Exactly. You know? And, and, you know, you hear these stories of big motorways in America where, you know, ducks or chickens are crossing the road and people stop and, you know, try and save the animals and, and protect them and, and get them off the motorway so they're not killed. But then, of course, these same people, these same good people will go home and sit down to a meal of bacon, chicken or beef mm-hmm. um, because they're just unaware of it. So we live in a very interesting and strange world. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said there. Yeah, as I said, I'm not amazing with words, but uh, yeah, I totally understand. I totally agree with you. And this is and this is where you know. Have you heard of Dr. Melanie Joy? No. So Dr. Melanie Joy is a psychologist, and she termed uh, coined the phrase carnism. Carnism is the invisible ideology that exists in the world today, which which says eating animals is normal, needed, and necessary. And this is a kind of belief system we're given as children when we grow up. And mm. this belief system um, pervades our entire society. And when we go vegan, we kind of we awaken from this ideology, and we you know because veganism is the counterculture to carnism. 
and yeah. and and it kind of acts against it and and you know this is what it means to be human to me is to is to awaken from that world and say you know what we are naturally kind and compassionate creatures and that killing and brutality and violence actually goes against our very nature Um, and that's why I think so many people are taking to veganism like ducks to water because it just feels feels so natural it's so true yeah and that's that that's that's sort of the first feeling you get when you go vegan you 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 realize how simple it is and how much you can just thrive thrive from it yeah exactly so let's let's talk about the future so what's what's on the horizon for mr gaz oakley you've got your exciting new book vegan christmas coming out soon looks amazing so um yeah it's uh I, i never expected to do a book so soon after vegan 100 but I was actually writing um, recipes, Christmas recipes for my YouTube channel mm-hmm. last Christmas and realized that um, how important Christmas was to people, actually, and mm-hmm. the festive period in general. Um, and being vegan, people often think that um, you're going to have a rubbish Christmas filled with boring food. But it's so <laughs> untrue. And I think the recipes that I did on the YouTube channel <clears throat> and the feedback they had um, – inspired me to write this book so Mm. i spoke to my publisher i said to them look i want to put them sort of a a smaller book together um there's still 70 recipes in it and they're all christmas party food Mm -hmm. inspired um possibly the most indulgent vegan food you'll ever see um Mm -hmm. i haven't i've i have thrown haven't um thrown everything but the kitchen sink into it almost and um I, I'm so pleased with it. I can't wait for people to see it. And there's mm. even there's even a chapter on like Boxing Day leftovers to use up mm-hmm. the sort of uh, the food that you've had on Christmas Day. And it's, I just think I'm just so pleased with it. And having done Vegan 100, I I, I understood the process a bit more. So um, especially uh, with me, I I, um, I do all the food styling. So every picture you see in the book, I've cooked and styled that at the, the studio whereas a lot of um, chefs or food stylists would just hand their recipes over to a food stylist mm-hmm. who would then interpret uh, the chefs or the uh, the, the cookbook author mm-hmm. um, recipe to their idea of how it should look and I think mm-hmm. that is I think that's criminal almost because you know it's <laughs> taken all the personality away from the food yeah. that you've written so um Having done that once with with Vegan 100 already, having styled all the food and cooked it, when I went to do the same for the Christmas book, um, I was in the studio with the photographer Simon Smith, who we have a great relationship um, with. Um, you know, I was like a kid in in Dreamland, choosing all the props. I was making sure we were shooting things in very drastic ways. Amazing. Because um, I love food photography now. So yeah, the, and it the, really the, shows. Thank you. Yeah, the food pictures. If you thought the food pictures were good in Vegan 100, they are. They've stepped up a level in in the Christmas book. But even it's not all about the food pictures. It's about the quality of the recipes, and I'm so um, so pleased with them as well. So that is in the near future. That comes out in September mm-hmm. in the UK and I think October in the rest of the world. So in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I think the recipes are actually decent for all year round. I would certainly would eat them all year round. Maybe not the Christmas puddings or the mince pies. But so I was going to say Christmas is an interesting time for people because obviously yeah. in the Western kind of world, Christmas is that time with family and there is um, a huge association with eating animals over Christmas so a lot of vegans when they go vegan for the 
first time, Christmas is incredibly daunting, um, especially with family, because you know you have to sit at the table and mm. consume and you know consume your your stuffed pepper. Probably is what you'll get. <laughs> well, I, I've, this is the thing. I, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm going to drive this book into everyone's attention. Basically, mm-hmm. I want to get this. I'm going to try and come up with a, a media plan and mm-hmm. um, and try and get this book on the tip of everyone's tongues almost mm-hmm. because I want to try and make a cruelty-free Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to see that in my book, and this is a plant-based news exclusive, there's, yeah. a, there's a stuffed vegan turkey in my mm-hmm. book a recipe mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. and i want people to chew that over turkey mm-hmm. that's um, great i just uh, if i can get as many people as i can eat in less i'm gonna animals. i'm gonna introduce you as i'm gonna redo your intro and it's gonna need to say vegan chef activist and author because <laughs> awesome, yeah. i think you know the, i think and and i think because you're bra- because you're bold and brave enough to take that step to be proud to say you're vegan at, in the yeah. way that you are i think definitely activists should definitely be on your uh awesome. on yeah. your on your list of credentials uh, as, I, as i said i try to let the food do the talking but um you know the reason i'm doing it is because you know i want people to yeah. eat less meat um and uh, yeah, Christmas, like you said, is always a tough time. But um, these recipes aren't just for vegans. These are recipes for meat eaters who have, have been accustomed to that, maybe that texture or that taste. And I've re- veganized those uh, those tastes and, and textures. And uh, the book will um, hopefully appeal to them as well. Mm. Um, well and um, and no in doubt. the sort of further future, I've actually put on my YouTube channel, I don't know whether it was stupidly or or i, th- I think I, i'm quite rash with my decisions maybe or last minute but i put on my youtube channel when someone asks me when i'm opening a restaurant because it's probably one of the most asked questions i get on youtube and i said that uh, once i hit a million subscribers i'll announce where i'm going to be opening my first restaurant mm-hmm. um, i'm in no rush to do that because i understand the pressures and um, and what it takes to to run a restaurant having worked in in them for a number of years mm-hmm. but um to be able to feed people and spread um, my sort of activi- activism through, through food and people actually eating it is um, would be a dream. So um, that is I something I really, really want to do. And, of course, I've grown up watching TV cooking programs. To be able to get on a TV show would be amazing. I've done a few little appearances recently, but um, to have my own TV show would be amazing. But I think just in general, having... A vegan chef or vegan cook on TV, whether it's myself, whether it's myself or any one of the other amazing guys out there or girls out there, um, it would just be a dream. It would just be so good for the vegan scene. But if not, if that opportunity doesn't come, I'm still there on YouTube, and uh, I'm sure that YouTube is is going in, in such a good direction at the moment that it will maybe replace TV anyway. <laughs> I think so. I think I think mainstream television style. I, I, personally I, I from my experience you know i definitely would see you having your own show on netflix um i yes. think that's where you probably would end up i think looking at the style of your content and the way that you produce stuff i think it would sit really mm. nicely and also the demographic as well you know your yeah. demographic is probably the same as ours you know millennials 25 to 35 yeah. um you know and it and netflix is is the place where these people are uh, yeah so netflix if you're listening um, yeah Jimmy netflix Nicole. if you're listening or amazon we're not we're not or amazon or viceland uh any yeah. one of those yeah or... give this man <laughs> give this man his own show please um 
So just before we finish, there's a question. There's a couple. There's a question from. We've got time for one more question. I think from um, our Instagram page. So we put a put cool. a post out, and well, there was a few people that re- replied. The FX Vegan asks, "What are your tips for starting a vegan business for young people, especially if the idea of starting a business is really daunting? Where where should you begin?" Um. Well, what I will say is that when I started avant-garde vegan i never thought of it as a business i think that's probably a really good sort of tip so um turn your passion or your hobby into a business but don't strategic don't strategic i can't even say the word strategic (laughs) (laughs) you can also keep this in because uh people on my youtube channel always laugh at me for messing at words but yeah you know what i'm trying to say strategically Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um do it because um you need to you need to do it with passion you need to live mm. sleep breathe eat it and um and that's basically what i do i, I you sacrifice a lot when you um, when you start your own business but mm. if you treat it treat it like it's a hobby you'll never sort of feel too intense like a business mm-hmm. but um i was very lucky when i started out that i had a supporting family who let me move back home and and live at home rent free so i don't take that for granted whatsoever but i was doing every little every little thing i could do to help fund it so i was taking over my parents kitchen and cooking a load of um cakes and donuts and the donuts that recipes actually in the book um and I used to sell them at vegan festivals locally, so that helped me out. But um, yeah, it does take a lot of lot of investment. I don't know what um, the Instagrammer's question was. Uh, sorry, business is, but um, you know, put your heart and soul into it. Treat it like a treat it like it is your hobby, which I'm sure it is, and like um, and be really passionate and put your all into it, and um, and and keep putting out um, as professional. Uh, content as you possibly can uh, yeah that's basically it mr gaz Oakley, thank you very much for joining us on the pbn podcast it's been an absolute pleasure oh thank you so much for having me it's been really great thanks everyone for listening i'm your host robbie Lockie, and we'll be back next week with more veganism food health fitness and everything in between